It is good to be back with you. Thank you for being with us and watching. We pray that you not only watch, but you share this with other people as well, and it becomes a blessing to them. We're going to be 1 Corinthians 15, 14 today, also in 1 Peter chapter 1. And uh, we're in the series, The Gospel, and uh, this, this, this sermon today is about the resurrection. Last Sunday was about the cross, and we've told you from the beginning that uh, to understand the gospel becomes a, a, a really focused view of the cross and the resurrection. I want to read the, this uh, 1 Corinthians 15, 14 to you. Paul said, if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. Let, let me pray. Father, I ask that you help me to be a, a simple preacher today, so simple a child would understand me. I pray uh, for the leadership of your Holy Spirit, any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to a person or their situation. If you prompt me with it, I do want to be obedient to speak to it. And then uh, you look at all of us today, uh, you watch all of us, and, and even in that, you see me differently because I'm a teacher and I'm, a, I'm your preacher, and upon me is a greater judgment, a more strict judgment than anybody listening or watching. And I understand that, and I receive that, and rightly dividing your words. In the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. Paul is writing this to the people of Corinth because they, uh, they're having trouble believing in the resurrection. In uh, 1 Corinthians, especially this chapter 15, has a lot to say about resurrection. Not only the resurrection of Jesus, but our future resurrection as well. So he, he says, if Christ had not been raised, then our preaching is in vain. Uh, the preaching he's talking about here is not just what I'm doing now to you, with you, for you. It includes that, but it is much, much more than that. It's really the message we deliver. Uh, the message that we give is a, is a future promise of resurrection, not only in the life of Jesus, but also our life as well. And then he says, our, our preaching or our message to people is in vain. The word vain means empty. It means barren, meaning uh, it, has, it is not life-giving. And we're gonna, that's really going to be our focal point on this message today about the resurrection. It is not life-giving. It's fruitless. It just has no, it has no use whatsoever. And he said, not only is our preaching or the message of our preaching empty, but he said our faith is empty as well. Both of them are well because he says then our preaching is in vain, empty, and your faith is in vain, empty as well. I want to want to familiarize you with this. The cross of Christ shows the love of God. It's the love of God. The resurrection of Jesus shows the power and the promise of God. And I want to I want to. I want to focus in on the power to be raised from the dead here. The power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that saved me when I was a little boy in Summersville, Kentucky. When the Holy Spirit told me that the way I figured I was going to heaven wasn't going to get me to heaven. Uh, he let me know that he had the power to save me. And the power that saves us is also the power that raised God from the dead. This is the life giving flow that comes out of the resurrection. And the picture is this. 
He has the power to, to raise him from the dead. He has the power to save you. You're going to see in a moment, he has the power to keep what he's promised us. Uh, he has the power to lead you through your situation. He has the power to raise you up out of whatever you're going in. He has the power to give you the newness of life in a brand new day. He has the power to do that. So this power is not only a moment that just raises Jesus up. This power is a power that keeps on producing life. It is continual in doing that. So without the resurrection, you and I would just be reading about a man named Jesus who was a Jewish carpenter and later on became a rabbi. He's a good teacher, but he's leaving us with a lot of philosophical thought. Without the resurrection, that's all Jesus would have become. So the resurrection is proof. We have the appearances that are recorded in scripture uh, after he's raised from the dead. We have secular history that reports of a man and they're not doing this in any kind of a faith aspect whatsoever. It's just secular history that is saying that they have recorded uh, the resurrection of Jesus. We have the promise that he gives us even in his teaching in the gospels about resurrection and then absolutely being raised is the fulfillment of that. We have that Jesus's resurrection was unique. For example, other people were raised from the dead. In the Old Testament, other people were raised from the dead. We had Jesus raising people from the dead in the Gospels, uh, specifically Lazarus, and we'll get to him in a moment. We had people being raised from the dead at the, at the cross event of our Lord. We had people come out of the tombs. Uh, but here's what's unique about Jesus' resurrection. Let's take Lazarus and everybody else. They, they were raised back to their life. They were just, they, they returned to life. But here, his resurrection defeated death. Uh, it, it brought us, Lazarus and everybody else, they returned to life, but he defeated death. And I, I don't know about you, obviously I'm not a little kid anymore, I may act like it a time or two, but uh, I'm 61 and I'm not a child anymore, but I can remember vividly as a child being afraid of death. I encounter adults that are afraid of death. And I just want you to know that when Jesus was raised from the dead, it wasn't like everybody else, uh, just returning to a life. He absolutely defeated what I and maybe you have feared the most, and that is death. He has absolutely taken care of that as an example of that and a picture of that for every single one of us. And that his resurrection also is not only defeated death, that has promised us life. And we're going to be able to see that in 1 Peter here in just a moment. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 2 through 5. It says, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father, and set apart by the Spirit for obedience and for sprinkling with the blood of Jesus Christ, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. And you may wonder when we finish a service at our church or we finish this sermon today, you know, we say grace and peace to you. Uh, I really get it from the writing of uh, Simon Peter, just like he says here, may grace and peace be multiplied to you. Just throwing out that little bit of trivia for you. Um, 
He says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you. Verse 3, Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupt, uncorrupted, and unfading, kept in heaven for you. And you are being protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last day. The gospel is a very determined focus on the cross and the resurrection. And I want you to see in 1 Peter 1, 2, where he begins with the cross. Uh, According to the foreknowledge of God the Father and set apart by the Spirit for obedience and for the sprinkling with the blood of Jesus Christ, a reference a reference here to the cross. You know, I really, I really put the cross and the resurrection together. Even though we we handled it as a, as a single truth uh, last Sunday, the cross, and today is a single truth, the resurrection. But they're really compatible. They're both there together. As it's it's just hard to refer to one and not the other. The cross and the resurrection of Jesus. So we see the picture of the cross in verse two, and then we see the picture of the resurrection in verse three. Praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to his great or abundant mercy, he's given us new life, new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He says it is a living hope. And uh, uh, our hope is alive because Christ is alive. And the word hope here is not a wish. And I I know we can do a lot of things and try to make a lot of moments in our life special. Like somebody's celebrating a birthday and they've got candles on the cake and they, before they blow them out, we ask them to make a wish. Uh, You throw a penny in a well, hoping that it's gonna bring you some kind of luck, it's a wish. You see a falling star and you, you make a wish and we can, we can go on and on with all these, these points of emphasis, hoping to improve our life is the reason we do those things. Maybe some luck will come our way. And I, I just gotta throw this in here to you. I really don't believe Christians deal with luck. I, I believe we deal in the blessings and the promise of God. And so we see in verse three that our, our hope is alive because he is alive. But the word hope here is not the word wish. The word hope here means a firm conviction. It's solid. And it, it, it brings great assurance to the believer. <clears throat> so our faith and hope is in him, but not a dead him. Our faith and hope is in an alive him. And uh, we're gonna handle this in the future when we talk about the gospel, his ascension and where he is today. Jesus is alive. He hasn't disappeared. He is alive, living right now in another realm of authority, uh, which is exactly where we want him, and I'll just leave that for the next sermon. But the picture of this is our hope is alive because he is alive. Our hope is in, a, is, is in him, not a dead him, but an alive him. And I, I want you to see what this leads to. Uh, I'm really excited about this part and I really think this part is what I really want you to leave with today. Because in verse four, it said, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, and then we have an inheritance that is imperishable, uncorrupted, unfading, 
and it's kept in heaven. It's kept in heaven for you. This is this is Simon Peter here, okay? And I I want you to see that he he knows that because uh, he's already mentioned it in the scriptures when he was saved, talking about the new birth in uh, in verse three. But here's Peter's thinking. Peter's thinking is I was dead in my sins. And I came to Christ and he gave me new life. He gave me new life. And then if you remember, there was a time of denial in Simon Peter's life that Jesus told him he was going to have. He said, you're going to deny me this many times, three times. But when Simon Peter heard of the resurrection of Jesus, there became a foot race between Peter and John. And uh, they went, is this true? Is this true? And they came to find out that it's true. And hang on with me. Let's just get the movie here. And uh, he, the resurrected Jesus, appeared to Simon Peter. Three times Simon Peter denied him. Three times the resurrected Jesus reinstated him. Now hang on a moment. The resurrection meant everything to Simon Peter. And here's Simon Peter's thought. I really believe this. When he was dead in his sins, he was saved by the person of Jesus. And then uh, the resurrection came. He had failed the Lord. We've all been there at moments of denial in our life. We've been there. He failed the Lord and he heard that he's raised from the dead. Meaning, can this be true? He finds out that it's true and a resurrected Jesus appears to him. So here's the picture. He's dead in his sins and God gave him life through the person of Jesus. He denied his Lord, but a resurrected Jesus gave him life. So the picture is this. I not only have life in Christ now abundantly through salvation in Jesus, but I have life that's even beyond that, uh, an eternal life. So Simon Peter would have it this way. There's life in Christ and then there's life because of the resurrection. There's an inheritance that you and I have that God has given to us. The earth can't touch it. Nobody can steal it. It's imperishable, uncorrupted, unfading. And it says that it is kept in heaven for you. In other words, there's more life beyond the life that I know now. And it becomes exciting and all that is possible because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I told you that uh, the cross shows the love of God, the resurrection of Jesus shows the power and the promise of God. Look at verse five. Here's the word power. You are being kept or protected by God's power through faith for a salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last day. Do you see that? We are kept, all this inheritance, all this promise is kept by the power of God and we live in that. God has the power to give life and God has the power to raise life. And he has the power to raise you out of your situation where it is today. Don't forget, the cross is the love of God. The resurrection is the power and the promise of God. He is risen. And so I'm asking you today, don't just acknowledge that he is risen, but live in that power. And let, let me give you a verse that we use in discipleship here in our church in developing the faith of people. It's 1 Corinthians 4.20. And it has to do with the kingdom of God that we move into by following Jesus. He says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but, a, but of power. Uh, the resurrection shows the power and the promise of God. 
there's life in him, and then there's life in him. And we have the ability to live in that. So live in the power that God can raise you up. Live in the power that God can lead you through. Live in the power that he can give you a strength beyond anything you can muster or call on. That power of the resurrection is still alive in the salvation of people today and the lives of his believers. He's called us to life and then life. And we live in that because of the resurrection. And may he raise you up today. Why? Because he is risen. Thanks for being with you, with us. It's good being with you. I love you. That's what we always say. And in the words of Simon Peter, uh, grace and peace. And in his words, may they be multiplied to you. Live in both of them.